Hello, and we are back with another Brimble United podcast. I forgot the name of our podcast saying it's been that <laughs> long. God, I don't know where the last time we did one of these was. Um, yes, welcome back. It is the dawn, the eve almost, of a brand new season of the Premier League. Uh, it's the day before the Premier League season starts, so this will go out Thursday. It's finally back. It's felt like it. It does feel like a long time since I enjoyed watching Manchester United in the Premier League, to be fair. The last six weeks, God, I think it really did start with that Brighton game as well. Like just that complete and utter fucking downfall of Ralph Randnick at the end, towards the end, that capitulation. I feel starting with Brighton, so it feels fitting that Eric Ten Hag is probably going to have the same fate because, I mean, it started off so well. And now everyone seems like it's the end of a fucking world again, doesn't it? I'm, of course, with Zach, as always, and we are here to preview Brentford at Brentford. That's next week, I think. I don't even know the schedule. Brighton, um, the look back at pre-season, and to mention some idiots who've, to be quite honest, I've had enough of hearing about. Uh, you know the two of the names, I think. Zach, uh, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right, thanks, mate. Yeah, it's been a very long time since we've done one of these. Um, I think when we started this podcast, we started it in, what, April? It probably seemed like a bit of a random time to start one right as the season was going to finish. You'd think there might not be a lot to talk about. We take about a month off, and United fans have decided we're the greatest team since the treble winners, and they've gone from that to we're probably going to get relegated in the space of a couple of weeks. You know, it's never, ever a dull moment when you're a United fan, is it? Sounds like every United fan... Uh, reaction since what 2017 probably since Mourinho pretty much um, yeah it's how every summer goes isn't it <laughs> absolutely we signed one player um, and then yeah he gets torn apart it's not good enough it, it's just for cycle this is the reason we love it because we're not them fans we're not them weirdos on Twitter spouting all this so yes it's been what just over a month since we did this we've been down under we've been to Norway and we've been to Old Trafford um, well I've been to Old Trafford. Uh, Zach was supposed to be, but he was a bit ill. I pulled so, yeah, out well... <laughs> last minute. I, I did a Cristiano Ronaldo. I said I'd be there, and then I maybe wasn't for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I was in the pub going, oh, where are you? And, <laughs> yeah, I didn't get a text on Monday morning. <laughs> I go out where uh, uh, Eric Hag felt first year pre-season. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a good showing from me. <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, so yeah, what what did we think of it? I mean, we were both probably working and stuff and you've been on holiday, so I don't know if, how much we all saw, but it started off quite well, didn't it? We beat the Scousers. Uh, we were the best team ever. We actually played decent football. And then uh, Melbourne victory. I mean, we smashed five goals past them, I think. Uh, beat Palace. I watched that one. I had a day off that day. That was fun. Uh, some good play again. I just thought it was enjoyable, uh, the teams we were playing. So let's start with them first three before we get into where it tailed off a bit. Well, well here's the thing. You say let's start with those first three. Well, th- this is the dangerous thing for me. The only ones I've actually watched are the first three because uh, I was on holiday. So I was in a nice Spanish bar with a so the, the guy had a dodgy fire stick. Um, so he was streaming the games for me. I wasn't paying Remu TV and supporting the Glazers or anything. So I watched the first three games, and I've missed the last three games. So to me, I'm very much of the belief that Manchester United are back and that we're playing the best football we've played in years. I've been told it's not quite like that anymore. Uh, but no, those first three games were fantastic. I mean, you know, breaking our trophy duck, winning the Bangkok Century Cup was a special day. Um, Bruno and... Ten Hag looked incredibly thrilled when lifting that trophy, obviously. Uh, but no, I think it was just, it's nice. It was nice to get a good run to start with going. You, you just, you, you can't be bothered losing to the Scousers in your first game as a manager. Uh, and to do it like how we did, it was just a bit of fun. And you know what United fans are like. Everyone gets a bit carried away, but it was just a bit nicer. There was some positivity. Like, it was so painful the last few months, everybody being so negative. And we've come out of it now, and now everyone's negative again, at least until the weekend. But for that couple of weeks, you had Martial FC were going off. You had everybody calling Dallow the best right-back in the world again. Like, it was it's just a bit of fun. But, yeah, there, there were some good bits. I think, I think the big thing was just the way we were playing, though. You never want to get too carried away in pre-season. But, you know, we were playing good football. We were playing attacking a lot of players who looked very poor last season immediately looked sharper. 
you know, it's it's good stuff. That those first three games, there was stuff to enjoy. I thought, I actually thought the Melbourne victory win was impressive because even though we didn't play fantastic, in just a couple of weeks training, we broke down a team that, in my opinion, treated it like their cup final. You know, United have come to town, they sat back, and they're the sorts of games that teams like United, the big teams, when they play a team that just sits back, you draw them nil-nil. Like, you remember when Burnley came and Tom Heaton came to Old Trafford and you just oh, can't God. break them down. But, you know, the fact that we broke them down and scored so many goals, it's, it's impressive stuff. And, yeah, it just gives players confidence. So, I enjoyed it. I don't really want to talk about the next few games because I've heard they were bad, but it started well. Right. Um, I, I mean, I only watched for Real Valacargo long after this, actually. So, yeah, I mean, I can't comment on the others. Uh, the Villa one, though, uh, first half we actually played, like, our actual team. They played well, they were 2 up, you know, they actually created the chances, I mean, we're going to get on to individuals in a minute, but Sancho, Martial and Rashford definitely impressed during this tour, I mean, in the second half, it was pissing it down, it was bloody horrible from it, what it seems like, and it was also a second string team, you know, Tellez, who's not going to be there, fan King Lord, <laughs> um, and players like that, you know, Tommy eating in there again, shame he can't do that. Uh, his performance against United for Burnley for United uh, more often mm. um, nah, I'm sure Tom, Tom he is a, he's a good guy he, he'll be decent in the Carling Cup or whatever it's called these days um, yeah the, who do we play in the last game is, were Villa the last game in Australia yeah we, we played them in Perth yeah. didn't we yeah yeah. Um, the Athletic Madrid game we actually played really well Um just couldn't break them down. I know, obviously, we, we managed to do with uh, Melbourne. Just couldn't break them down. Then they got a very late, you know, classic Simeone sort of goal. Um, quite similar to the Champions League, I thought, the, uh, the game at Old Trafford, really. We did dominate possession. We dominated a lot, and there were just a few hairy tackles. They took their one chance. And then, finally, the Real Valacargo one, it was just... I don't know. I mean, it was very family-friendly, obviously. It's friendly at Old Trafford. But I just couldn't get up for it at all. I love Gargaccio. You know, I like to see Ronaldo, but I don't. I just couldn't get up for it at all. Like, Ahmad's when he scored, I was like, yeah, right in front of me. But other than that, I was just, I was dapping to have a few beers and be back at Old Trafford, I guess. But yeah, the game, it, again, it was a second string team. Lots of youngsters. Cool to see Charlie Savage, Zidane Iqbal. But yeah, it was a nothing game, really. And you can't take much away from that one. I was expecting it to be have a few more first teams. I will call to see Ericsson as well, actually. Uh, when he took the corner, uh, stretched for him right in front of me in that corner. <clears throat> that was just beautiful. You know, the round of applause he got. It was, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those. It's like, maybe it's a bit of a shame that we decided to have a game at Old Trafford the week before the Brighton one. Uh, I understand, obviously, why they did it. You know, it's a good chance for people to go and it gives some of the new guys a chance to play at Old Trafford with a bit less pressure on. But... Maybe the smart thing to do would have been to avoid Old Trafford till the Prem starts and then that first game we get a similar atmosphere to opening game last season where everyone's sort of going for it, I guess. I guess it's one of those, like when you go back to Old Trafford for the first time in a couple of months and it's a friendly, it's like a weird feeling of being excited but also like, eh, I've sort of, you know, come and I've watched the kids, it's all right, but... But yeah, I mean, that that is what it comes down to, isn't it? It's a bit of fitness. Everyone's got some minutes, which is good. I think the majority of players have had at least one good performance. Um, you know, I think everyone at some point, I mean, I know like people are saying like Bruno had some bad games in there, but he had a couple of really good ones in Australia. Obviously, as you said, Martial, Sancho, Rashford. I think in general, it's been a good preseason tour. And as you said, someone like Garnacho and Ahmad getting goals, we, we're really going to need them. I mean... I never thought after the last podcast we recorded we'd be sitting here now and we'd be in this situation transfer-wise. I know we said at the start of the window we didn't think we'd go too carried away and sign 10, you know, 15 players, but we've probably not signed what we needed to sign. So those players are going to have to step up. So it's good to see them getting some minutes. But yeah, it is. it's all about Sunday now. It is. Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to individuals on the tour, and I think, yeah, I mean, the three people impressed me most were that front three. Um, Sancho and Martial, especially. I mean, Rashford, uh, he looked he looked sharp, he looked happy, which for most of the last year under Radnick, I mean, I don't know if any, any players except maybe Fred looked happy, but he's always happy, that guy. Um, 
yeah, he just looks happy again. But yeah, Sancho and Martial really did impress me. I think Martial's come back with something to prove, you know, with all the nonsense going about the other guy. Um, the fail, just for shit show that was severe. He's got some. Uh, we, we we seem to have a weird relationship with Severe actually sending players on well there, especially if the rumours are true about Eric Bailly as well. Mm. Give us some good players in Severe. I don't know if you have a Probably do. Come on, you guy. Severe. No, he um, minds he's really real. They've got he some players. Yeah, I mean, been with me Europe like about eight years in a row. I was going to say, they knocked us out of it in the COVID one, didn't they? In yeah. the semis. I know the Europa yeah. League we've been robbed of. Oh, but yeah, uh, yeah, that, that front three, especially Martial Sancho, Martial doing a bit of running, a bit of pressing, looking sharp off the turn. I mean, Sancho's just in his actual position. Who'd have thought if you played Sancho off the right, he'd perform well? I know. <laughs> it's amazing that, like, we just convinced ourselves that, like, he physically couldn't play on the right wing. Like,. <laughs> Of course he can. Like this, you know, he's a good player. No, he had a fantastic preseason. Me and you said, didn't we, last year when we did our like awards thing, we gave him an award, didn't we, for like I got what like most underrated player. I think we gave him because we said he didn't do anything bad last year. No, which was impressive. But you know, bearing in mind how many players did bad, all he needed was a bit of confidence to kick on. You know, the fact that last year in such a bad year he didn't really do too much wrong means that if we're going to play better and have a good season next year, you'd expect he's going to have a really good year. And this pre-season yeah, um, looks like he started off the right way. Yeah, definitely looking back to the, uh, the early England games, Dortmund, on the right wing where he actually plays, looking good. Uh, I can't wait to see the, the real James Sancho this season. Absolutely. If he's better, because, you know, he, he got a bit ill, didn't he? You know, he got Oslo. Yeah, I just think he couldn't be bothered. I still, I still can't believe we didn't, we did that friendly. I still need someone to explain to me the logic of, of playing in Oslo then Manchester the next day. But apparently, uh, Ten Hag just wanted ninety minutes for everyone, so he plays. Yeah, he was like, we need one more friendly, so my other half can have ninety minutes for a week before as well. Fair enough. I'm not going to argue. But yeah, back him. Right. I mean, let's move on to the dreaded thing that I'm sick of seeing on Twitter: transfers. It, it, I mean, Sky Sports have them stupid shows like that used to entertain me when I was like 17 because, you know, oh, transfers, yeah, I love them. But now it's just, Jesus Christ. You listen to Carve Solo calling that fucking Dharma chef, turn five words, I watched them today, turn Mark Cucurella and the thing about Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, you know, all, all he should say is, yes, Chelsea have agreed a £55 million deal for Mark Cucurella. He turned that into... 10 minutes of waffling. It's a skill, I'll give him that, but God, do the top bollocks about transfers. Um, and Fabrizio Romano tweeting the same thing about, you know, that Seco guy, we'll get on to individuals. Yeah. You know, uh, he tweeted, I think, six tweets today with like two different, very, you know, like he'll tweak one word in each tweet about Manchester United being linked with Seco. He's got to get them Twitter interactions, I guess. Oh my god! I swear, I swear, when he's sat there and he thinks, "Oh god, I'm not getting any news coming through," three words come into his head: Frankie De Jong. <laughs> oh, how god. how often? A couple of weeks ago, was it? You check Twitter and you'd see, "Oh my god, Romano's tweeted about Frankie De Jong," and it's no updates on Frankie De Jong situation. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, Romano. Same as yesterday. Oh, same same as twenty minutes ago. Yep, yeah, we appreciate this. <laughs> Shut up until it's either a here we go or a no. Yeah, oh, right, Let, let's start with him, God, <laughs> 13 key weeks, I mean, we were still doing podcasts when this started, I think we <laughs> talked about it. I know, the transfer saga's lasted longer than our break. Yeah. Oh, God, uh. 13 weeks, and there doesn't seem to be ending sight, I mean, Chelsea now evolved, one, one source says he, he prefers United, one says he prefers Chelsea, 99 say he preserves Barcelona. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to say anymore. I'm just sick of hearing his... It's no fault with him. He's a nice guy, I bet. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he is. I mean, the, the upsetting thing is when you remove our love for United out of it, he really wouldn't be sensible joining Manchester United. Now, if we're, if we're being honest, like, you know, he's he's a young guy. He's playing out in, in you know, Barcelona, fantastic club, lovely place to live. We're a team that is struggling at the moment. 
I can see why he wouldn't want to come to Manchester United. But the idea that he doesn't want to leave a club, obviously Barcelona, so much history, amazing team, but they are treating him like absolute dog shit. They are in such a terrible spot right now as a club. They're signing players that they aren't even allowed to register. And all they have to do to sort it is just give De Jong his freedom or pay him a little bit of money, like which is barely anything compared to what they've been spending on transfer fees. And they're just holding him hostage. Like, I, I don't I don't fully understand the situation. I've sort of oh, sown... The, the wor- yeah, no, it's, it's not even about holding him hostage. They're, they're trying to push him out but the like, door, Yeah, but, like, but he's saying he wants his the money, money and then yeah. they're not paying the money. I mean, God, I, the fact that I don't even know what's going on with the situation now shows how much I've like oh, removed myself no, from yeah. it. But, yeah, now, now you've said it, I remember. But, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, so, but, but I just think that's baffling to me, the fact that they're not paying him, but that they're allowed to, you know, bring all of these players in. And, like, yeah, no, I mean, you know, like, poor, the, poor Memphis Depay as well. They've just told him. Yeah. Oh, they got to pay his contract out, according to uh, reports today. Um, just pay him off to get him off the books. What is happening with this wage? club? I mean, we're only a year removed from them having to lose Lionel Messi. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how they seemingly have had the best transfer window of everyone. Look at the players they brought in: Lewandowski, Rafinha, Kessie, Christiansen, Koundé. They're linked with Cucurella, like. They're going absolutely mental in the transfer window. Yeah, De Jong just seems to be here torn in the middle. He doesn't want to come to Manchester United, so he's not getting paid any money. I don't know. I don't understand. But ultimately, part of me wants a manager to be able to bring in a player who he really wants. But if a player is that desperate not to join us, I'd probably have left it a long time ago. That's You've got to believe Eric Ten Hag, who the minute he knew Timber... You know, got bullied into not moving by Van Gaal. They moved straight on to Martinez. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't believe at all that if Frankie Jong has told Eric Tankard, no, I don't want to come, we will still not be going after him. He has got to, got to have told him, yeah, if this money's sorted out, I'll happily come. Mm. Uh, Barcelona don't want me. Barcelona have been bastards and crooks, you know. Try to force people out, threatening people, um, doing all the horrible stuff. You know, I'll I'll come. I can't for a second believe Eric Ten Hag. This no, sh- he takes no shit. Mm. Kind of guy going, yeah, thirty weeks. Oh, you're gonna come? I'm still gonna try anyway. We'll try. No, that would not happen under him. I don't think so. Part of me is just thinking Eric Ten Hag must have been told by Frankie Dion. Yeah, if this money sorted out, I'll come. Yeah, no, no, I, I hope that's right. I mean, look, I do want him to come. It's just, it is difficult. Like, it starts to get to the point where you're like that and divorced kid on. Like, you're like the parent who's got a divorced kid and they don't want to come to you on Christmas. Like, you really want them to come, but they just really don't seem to want to come. And then it just becomes a bit, huh, okay. You know, like, it, it feels like we're really trying to force it now. And when he gets here, is it just going to be like, Someone, you know, he only came to get out of Barca. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It, you'd hope that there is something more to it. I guess it's just a case now of like, it gets to that point where suddenly if something doesn't happen, we're like, oh my God, we're running out of time. Have we got someone else lined up? You know, if we were a club that has good history in the transfer window, I'd be like, yeah, let's let's work on this De Jong deal down to deadline day. And if it doesn't work, then suddenly bang, deadline day, ring up Wolves, Ruben Neves, bang. But what worries me is we won't have a backup plan. <laughs> if, if De Jong doesn't come, we're going to shit ourselves. So I hope something gets sorted soon. But yeah, I mean, this has got to be up there with some of those like Wesley Schneider sort of transfer links. This has been absolutely ridiculous. Oh, well, you know, We do have the perfect replacement. It's player coach Tom Huddleston. <laughs> I mean, I, I think there's a very large portion of the United fan base who'd rather he started against Brighton than Scott McTominay. Oh, 100%. There'd be some fucking idiot somewhere, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> There's a few so, on Twitter. Yeah, so... oh, I'm not even joking with it. Just this weird hatred for academy players or for Scott McTominay. Yeah, he's he's probably not going off to be leading our midfield, and that's why we try to say Frankie Dion. But he's clearly going off to be a player at Manchester United. Trust me on that. Of course. Um, I'm sick of talking about this Dion guy already. <laughs> uh, let's move on to that other idiot. Um, uh, for when he wants to go, uh, yeah, 
Two. Fucking alright. So look, people's parents having a go at people at the game on Sunday because your know, kids love him, don't they? Your kids are obsessed. They don't understand yeah. what what he's trying to do right now. You know, they just see Ronaldo or see you and all that crap. <laughs> you know, it's people my age, your age, you know, forty year olds, fifty year olds, grandparents booing him, giving him a bit of stick, you know, talking about it. And you see these parents going, you can't say that. My son will adore that. I mean, first of all, maybe looking at Ronaldo, getting a new idol um, for your son. Second of all, I mean, just read up. If you're not into football, just read up. Or if you love Manchester United, I don't care what your son thinks. I'm allowed my opinion. If you know what he's doing, he's being a bit of a dick. I don't care that your son adores him. I've got my right to think he's a bit of a dick. He's holding his club to ransom. I mean, it changes each week. At first, it was just because he wanted to play in Champions League with a team who could win it. And now it's coming out, you know, he just wants to score a few more goals in the Champions League, so he's happy to go up sporting on loan. We'll pay his wages. He comes back in a year when our players have earned Champions League football to play in the Champions League. It's like, mate, are you, are you sure you love this club? No, you just want to be messy. You want to have you extend your record and stuff. Like, what? It's just a load of bollocks. I mean, the stuff about him walking out. I know a lot of players did it. Um, and then Mark Gorbis were like, oh, they got permission. And then Eric Tengar came out to him like, no, they didn't. Uh, and then Mark Gorbis had the audacity to claim that he didn't say that. Like, Mark Gorbis can speak Dutch. <laughs> and it's, you know, oh, brilliant. But yeah, I'm sick of hearing about him too. Uh, I just want it to be resolved. Like, if he's staying, I'll happily support Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, he's he's a cult hero. He's a legend. But if he's not, just, just get him gone now. I don't want to be hearing about this till September the 1st. I don't think my brain can take it. No, I, I, I'm with you. Like, the, the fan inside of me is desperate for him to stay for one more year. Um, I think I speak as, like, someone who... As we said on the podcast, we did that Dream Teams one ages ago. Didn't really get to enjoy Ronaldo in his first stint. I was desperate to get one more year and, you know, try and see him win one trophy. And especially as, you know, like as someone, as a season ticket holder, I'd love to be able to, you know, getting to watch a player like Ronaldo in the flesh is something that, like, is it's sort of like an honour. Like, I know, like, you're not supposed to talk about players bigger than the club and stuff, and I never think anyone's bigger than the club, but... That feeling when Ronaldo turned up against Newcastle, it was almost like there was a god in the room. Like it, it felt so special. So you want to enjoy it, and I'd have loved one more year of it. Um, and yeah, I, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite, but if it suddenly comes out he's staying and he's going to get on with it, then yeah, I'll get behind him a hundred percent. Because at the end of the day, I still feel like Ronaldo in a strop is still going to hit twenty plus goals next season because he's that good. But it's like you say, it's such an important time for the club now this is where we pick which direction we're going to go in. You know, are we still going to be ran by idiots? Are we still going to let players who think they're bigger than the club run us? Or are we going to go the way where we've got this stern manager in who's going to come in, he's going to strip the club to its bare bones and rebuild it properly? And right now it feels like part of rebuilding it would be disassociating with Cristiano Ronaldo because he is just causing more drama than it's worth. You know, I mean, it's already such a massive call. Do you play Ronaldo on Sunday? That's a massive call that really we don't want Ten Hag to have to deal with so early on. But, like, what do you do? Like, I'm not a massive Martial fan, but he's absolutely earned that starting spot. But you know if you drop Ronaldo on Sunday, he's kicking off, he's stropping, that's it. He's going to be in a bad mood. It's already creating a bit of a thing in the dressing room. It's just unnecessary problems. So, yeah, I'd like to see it resolved now. I mean, I guess the issue is seemingly nobody wants to take him. Who knows? I mean, United came in with the offer for him last summer quite late, so it's always possible when you get towards like the last week or so of the window, a team will turn around and go, hang on, no, we really need a striker. Let's just pay the money. But yeah, I mean, if no one's going to take him, he's going to stay. And yeah, you just got to get on with it. But I, I, I'm with you. If I could just wake up tomorrow and we either get a definitive he's gone or a definitive he's staying, I'll be happy either way. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy once the transfer window shuts anyway, just because I'm sick of Manchester United being linked with every player that ever has ever kicked a ball. Agreed. Ever. No. Uh, but yeah, with the Ronaldo thing, I love him. I've seen the best of Ronaldo. I've seen the best of Ronaldo. I saw the best of Ronaldo. Um, I, I'm at the point where I just want answers. If he stays, great. If he goes, cool. 
But yeah, I just thought it was a massive oversight. George Mendes and Cristiano Ronaldo never do this. They never make mistakes. You know, he he must have thought someone would be in for him. He must have got a confirmation off a team like, yeah, we'll come in for you. And then when he's come out public with it all and no one's come in for him, he's just gone, oh, fuck. What, what now? Oh, shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ten Hag spoke to Sky Sports today saying some stuff about how he can, he still wants Ronaldo. Yeah, he's he's planning a player with stuff like that. So, fuck knows. And Ronaldo knows, he's, he's got to start, he, he's, got, he's got a World Cup coming up. You know, he wants to be in the best of form. And maybe having a week off with the Europa League and stuff, you know, won't be the worst thing with the World Cup. He's 38 almost. You know, he's, he's got to recognise he's, he's coming into a changing sort of period in his career now. Like, it, it's, it's sad to see for people our age, but you're getting to that point where Messi and Ronaldo are diminishing. They're not the same players they were. You're right. They are going to need rest. They are going to have to work harder to be as good. They're not going to be hitting the same goals and assists records as before. They're not going to have teams queuing up to ring their agents asking to sign them. Like, you know, it's, it's a sad it's, day, it's but like it's sadder. true. It's like Sunday, he kept dropping back trying to get involved in the play. He's trying to run forward on counter-attacks and getting outpaced by players. Like, Ronaldo, I shouldn't be... T- I know I can't tell you how to play football. If you want to play, you want to do your best thing, get in between them centre-backs. Be a, be a box striker, you know, an 18-yard box striker. That's where you'll be best now, mate. Don't be coming dropping in, you know, getting the ball, playing it, running. You, you're 38. If you want to get the best out of what you do... Just be a penalty box striker, and you'll probably do better. You'll, you'll score thirty goals instead of twenty-five, stuff like that. Exactly. Um, but yeah, moving on from him because sick of hearing about him too. Uh, let's talk about some actual. I mean, let's talk about players we we probably knew we were going to sign even when we were you know, about a month ago. Ericsson and Mattingas. Uh, we'll talk about Mattingas in a sec. He was just a very left-wing choice or a, a left-back choice, hey. should we say? Um, yeah, let's first start with Christian Eriksen because uh, I think we we did like a thing dedicated to him, didn't we? Like way back in May. Yeah, I think we've got a whole YouTube clip up talking about Eriksen and what a fantastic signing it is. I mean, <laughs> who who was it? Darren Bent who kicked off because we nicked him off Brentford and he was yeah. crying. Oh, I mean, yeah, look, yeah, yeah, it's it's harsh on Brentford, but ultimately that's the way of football. You know, if a player gets a chance to move to a bigger club and earn more money and play in Europe, they're going to do it. But, I mean, getting him for free is such a fantastic deal. I mean, it is literally a case of the very unfortunate thing happened to him in the Euros, so everyone kind of has forgotten how good he was at football. He's a fantastic footballer. You know, he's Premier League proven you know and yeah so to to not have to pay anything for him and, and you know he can come in and do so many different roles he can come in and challenge Bruno for his place he can just be a backup to Bruno and play in the cups he can play alongside Bruno and we could have the most creative midfield we've had in a very long time just a talented player you know set pieces I saw him putting in some good balls uh, on the weekend I saw that one I think against Madrid where he put it on Maguire on a plate for Maguire and 50p had missed the target no surprises uh, he would have buried that if he was playing for England by the way um, <laughs> but no he is just a, a really good signing and again it's a, it's a case of bringing players who Eric Ten Hag knows we'll say it again when we get to Martinez there's an element of comfort there because you know that it's just not a name that's been randomly picked out of a hat or they've not just found one of those YouTube skill compilations you know he actually will understand the quality of Ericsson and I think I, th- I think we're going to see a lot of him. I think when when we first got linked with him, I immediately thought that's your matter replacement. That's that's Bruno's backup. Now I think Ericsson's going to get a lot of football next season, and I'm looking forward to it. I am too. Um, I mean, I think we say what we need to say back then, uh, back in May when we, we we've been linked with him for years. Never mind months. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved how he did go from this love. You know, everyone loves Ericsson because he's so he's just so nice, and obviously the the heart attack last year endeared him to everyone uh, and then suddenly Joe United he was getting tons of abuse he'll be joining you know, that, uh, that top 10 most hated footballers via report that came out yesterday where 8 were United players yeah <laughs> uh, he'll be joining that don't you worry he'll be getting called lots of weird stupid names because of his heart attack and stuff like that but yeah that Darren Bentford made me laugh so much like 
how dare Manchester United actually do a Sparta signing? But this is God. this is Darren Bent, who famously was a one club man, and definitely didn't just sack off his club when he fancied a move and a bit more money. Like, oh, of course if not. someone who never left his club comes out like Mark Noble and says it, then fair enough. But I'm not having it from Darren Bent. Darren Bent, he definitely didn't go to Tottenham from Charlton, did he? No. When Charlton were relegated, surely no, not. You're chatting rubbish. That would not be fair. Also. One last thing I'll say on the Ericsson situation. Can we seriously, whoever made that awkward interaction between Brandon Williams and Chris, Christian Ericsson, you had one job. Give us yeah. some lovely video of those two. Why do oh, they have to I make mean, the most awkward? I was so excited for that interaction, and it looked, and it looked like they'd rather be talking to anyone else I mean, in the world than each oh. other. The, the interviewer who asked him, I forgot his name, he's a bald fella, and he went, you, you've got a connection with uh, Brandon Williams. He's like, is that what we're calling it? Oh, okay, mate, you weirdo. I mean, we just hugged on a picture. <laughs> I know, it was a nice video. They should have used it for the unveiling or something like that, but they didn't need oh, to force them to, oh, pretend you've just bumped into each other in the corridor yeah. and tell him about your visa situation. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Ericsson's little friend is already made, Martigas. He picks up from the... I'm guessing they're still living at Malawi together or something. Uh, drives him to work. I've got a theory about that. I, I've got a theory, because that picture came out the day... You know the day when Ronaldo came back and Fergie went yeah. to Carrington? I'm convinced Eric rang those two up and said, lads, I'm trying to convince Ronnie that we have actually made some transfers. Do you reckon you could car share today? Just so if he sees I... you, he'll think, oh, we've... If, if you get Malassia in the back as well. Yeah, I'm guessing good fear, but I'm guessing uh, Martinez doesn't obviously probably own a driving license. I don't have a work. Uh, yeah, but uh, they are still uh, Lowry together. Cause, <laughs> By the sounds of it, he's not tall enough people. to reach the pedals, from what yeah, everyone's I'm, saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll go on to this in a sec, actually. I've got some things to say about this <laughs> five foot nine thing. Uh, but yeah, poor little guy, the homeless, just living in a hotel. Oh, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm sure they can afford a nice hotel room. Oh, the Lowry, yeah. I mean, Jose Mourinho lived there for like three years, trust me. It must be nice. Yeah, that's true. Um, never escape there. I wonder what the prices are. <laughs> but yeah, Quite a uh, bit, I'm sure. Martingers. Actually, I'm going to say, yeah, I think I think Martingers would be, it was a better signing than um, whatever, Timber. I'm not just saying that because we got one and we didn't get the other. I genuinely just think Martinez is a better signing. I'm excited to see him. I, uh, you obviously, I don't think you, uh, but Gabriel Hines was one of my favourite players growing up because uh, I played that position. Mm. Uh, I just loved his king ferocity, his no shit stuff. And he sort of ruined it and went, I want to go to Liverpool. That doesn't happen when you play for Man United, mate. So he went to Real Madrid instead. Not, not a bad alternative. Um, but, you know. Living in a shithole or living in Madrid. <laughs> I think he actually got the better option. Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully, my guys don't do that. And yeah, so I'm five foot, I'm five foot eight, and this five foot nine thing, fuck it. Sorry, everyone who's six foot five walking about making these articles. You're probably about four foot two. <laughs> fuck it. World's smallest centre back, size of Manchester United. Like, what, what are these weird headlines? Premier League shortest centre back, size of Manchester United. Like, I ain't know we signed a player called Premier League shortest centre back. I thought we called Lissandro Martinez. I was going to say, I mean, I literally. I... I just don't get it. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't. I don't care how tall he is. He's obviously a decent centre back. I'm sure he'll come in and do great. But what does height really mean? I mean, there are a good handful of defenders who are way taller than Cristiano Ronaldo, who he's leapt about a meter higher than in his career and beat in the air. As long as the guy can jump. I don't care what he's doing. Fine, just don't make him the main guy marking, you know, an opposition's biggest player from a corner. That's about it. You know what I'm disappointed about yet as well? Not seeing a meme of Harry Maguire and Lissandro Martinez, like, face cropped on. You know that film Twins with Danny DeVito, uh, where he's twins about six foot something. <laughs> obviously, you've got Danny. I-, I want that as a meme. I know. And they play together on Sunday. Do you know what? I- I'm um, going to say it right now, though. I don't know. I'm sure we'll get into it at some point, whether we do it in this podcast or another one, but we'll have to talk about what United's best centre back partnership is, because who knows right now? But. If Maguire and Martinez start together, I bet Martinez has a better aerial success rate. I, I bet he'll leap and win a few more headers or at least put them on target more than Mags does. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, he'll be fun. And Malassia, I mean, he looks good. I don't know if he'll displace Luke Shaw just yet, but I won't be surprised if he does for a period if, of this season. If all him signing for United achieves is sending Alex Tellers out the door, it's a good signing. Oh, perfect, yeah. See ya. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk about the exits now. I mean, I, I do love how poetic these uh, Christian Eriksen and Martin as 14 and 6 seem lovely lads. Well, I know Eriksen is. Martin seems a lovely guy. It just seems poetic that they've replaced two of the uh, two of the people who weren't that popular with United fans. Put it that way. No, I, I think not popular is probably the nice way of putting it. Yeah. Um, although what I've got to say, fair play Jesse Lingard. He's just completely embracing it now. I've not seen a single Lingard video where he's not just dancing. Like even his unveiling for Forest, he was just dancing. Like I don't think he's done a serious sit down interview. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously the last time we'd done the podcast was not long after all the clear outs had been done. Again, we probably needed a few more signings to make up just for the sheer amount of players that we've lost. But I still don't think we've really lost anyone who we didn't want to let go. If that makes sense, I think it was a good yeah. clear out. It's just going to take a little while to make the numbers back up. But yeah. what are the odds on uh, Ronaldo going and us re-signing Cavani because there's no other striker? Oh God! Oh, I don't even want to think about it. But do you reckon, I think do, he'd do, well do you reckon if we hard. gave him his seven back, he'd start playing? Oh yeah, he'd like to hang with the pressing and stuff. I think. Yeah, I mean, he, he just give you serious flashbacks of a that six 0 thrashing by Tottenham, and we'll sign like some random right back uh, and Edison Cavani. Oh God. Oh, no. I don't want to think about Cavani. I'm still upset that he never scored a goal in front of a full Old Trafford. I still remember going to Brentford last game of the season. Like, I know we all hate him, but I just hope he gets a back post tap in. Oh, well. Sorry, Ronaldo scored, didn't you? Yeah. It's all good. Ronnie goal. Um, But, yeah. uh, Bayou might be going. Williams might be going if Cucurella goes. I mean, they are now Brighton are now linked with like actual left backs like Angelino and stuff, so maybe not. Um, yeah, a few of us might seem to be on the. I mean, two and Zabe, a forgotten guy. He, he he's somewhere in the world, believing. Hey, I probably. Hey, I I always know what's happening with Twan Zabe because whenever I do a United career mode and I get to season two, he comes back from his loan. He's a great little backup centre back. That's, a, that's about all I know about him, though. Oh, if only in real life. I, I, yeah, but one good game. We'll never forget that, where he pocketed Mbappe. But, <laughs> that was amazing. But that's, that's nothing a good... I love when people actually like use that against defence. Like, oh, he won't pocket... I mean, fucking Paddy McNair fucking scored a 40-yard screamer, I think. Yeah, but you can't go off... Him, him and Tyler Blackett used to, used to look like fucking Nemanja Vidic and... Real Ferdinand in the prime for about a week under Van Gaal. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, uh, transfers are done. Thank God for that. Now of the real stuff, the Premier League is back. God. I pretend I'm... like I've missed it. I won't have missed it after about two weeks. <laughs> oh, it, it will. It will get very boring. I will predict the day right now. I think it's match day three where those horrible scousers come um, knocking. That has the potential to make me want to tweet end the season now straight after if anything like what happened last season happens um, but no I'm excited it's back I mean it, it's weird it feels like it feels like football's been a, away for ages but in the same breath I think because it's been like a new manager pre-season I've actually kind of enjoyed having just pre-season watching the games not having to stress but you get to a point where you're pretty bored the, the women have yeah. given us something to watch been amazing shout out to the England women's team that was great yeah um was I've loved watching that that's been a bit different but I'm ready for United to come back now especially I mean I, I love Mary she's a king psycho she's she's ace yeah hey hey the double United substitution in the final changing oh, the game pretends to be shocked I mean, I mean if Gareth Southgate dig that and <laughs> we don't talk about that Jaden Sancho wasn't technically a Manchester United player when he missed the penalty. No, I, I think it being announced, though. I actually think he was. It, they did that thing, though, that United do, where they announce a player, and then two yeah, weeks later they medical. announce them. Does yeah. anyone else do that? 
<laughs> I think Barcelona do. Yeah. And Real Madrid, yeah. It's the worst thing the ever. The big clubs. The big clubs do. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. But yeah, I, I am. I am one of those who can't help but get excited. But I think the main reason I'm excited is because like, I was thinking about this the other day. I think the last time I went to Old Trafford genuinely feeling something, like really excited, was the Atletico Madrid game. Because I think everything since that, like, yes, we were technically still in the top four race, but I think deep down we knew it wasn't going to happen. It's been so long since we went there actually feeling like, okay, this matters. We desperately need three points. Like, we need to win on Sunday. We can't have one of those. I think it was Van Gaal lost his first game, like, 1-0 or 2-1 or something. Like, we can't have a dodgy start. You have a dodgy start with this team, with the fan base as split as it is at the moment. We know exactly what's going to happen. Meltdown number one is coming already. You need to win. We need to look good and just have a good time. I, I haven't enjoyed going to Old Trafford. Like, I enjoyed Brentford the last game of the season, but it was kind of like, uh, yay, this is fun. Okay, Varane scored. Yay. Whereas this is actually like, I'm going to be going mental when we score the first goal. I can't wait. It's it's massive. Yeah, I'm looking forward He's to confident. it. He's confident of a goal going in. Oh, I'm always confident. <laughs> I'm always confident. 2-0. Bruno and Martial. Ah. Oh, ah. Old age is a... Uh... Ruined me in fucking the last ten years. Like it was quite depressing. I was like the other day, I was talking about United. Like, oh, yeah, I've seen more success than failure. And I was like, how how long do you remember United? I went, oh, two thousand five to twenty thirteen, we were good. Um, they were like the Fergie years. That was so that's eight years. It's been nine years of shit. So yeah, it's it's pretty crap. That made me made, made me feel sad. Hey, um, we'll we'll keep banging on about it every week. Budapest. Hungary, Europa League final, first trophy of the Ten Hag era. We're going to mention it every week until it becomes whoa, whoa, a thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ah, I forgot. February, League Car- Cup. Carabao Cup, yeah. yeah. Come on, come on. And the Zach. FA Cup. Yeah, yeah we're winning the treble. First. <laughs> Actually, can we even call it the treble now? Is it the quadruple with the Bangkok Century Cup? What, it's a sink? What will be five? Because we're winning the Prem as well. Uh, I'm not getting carried away. I think we might miss out on goal difference. <laughs> oh yeah. But that, but that maybe a point. That's me being realistic now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we could dream. Uh, hey, do you know? Do you know what though? Talking about going into the Premier League, do you know what I realised though the other day? And this is a real stinger. This. Obviously, you go into this season, we're expecting City or Liverpool to win it. This is the season now where either City equal three titles in a row. Or Liverpool equal twenty, that hurts. That makes oh, Tottenham wing it. That <laughs> fucking Conte. God, I can't. I that's the thing. On the surface, I'd love Tottenham to win it, so those two can't. But if we turn down Conte and he wins the league, we're never hearing the end of that. No. Arsenal can't win it. Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea is the least evil. But I still. I mean, but that fucking American. Order, I still don't pretty, really fancy yeah. it. I'd love them to just collapse now that Abramovich is gone. Probably not going to happen. Yeah, uh, that's the only bad thing about this season is unless we somehow pull out a miracle or someone like Leicester decides to turn up again. Brighton, come on, Brighton. I don't know. Actually, I fucking Brighton. I mean, Palace. Even I, I, no, Villa yeah, have had a great right. window. I can't yeah. support Aston Villa. We can't have Slippy that's G winning charac- a title. No, I don't really can't win. Um... Go on then, let's do it. Nottingham Forest, Jesse Lingard and Dean Henderson. Oh God, even worse. <laughs> um, uh... But yeah, I mean, let's before we focus on United, who were our tips to go down this year? Wow. Um, I mean, I, th- I think for me, Fulham have got to be again. I, I, of course, I've got to say <laughs> my championship Femme knowledge Norwich. is very, very minimum. But unfortunately, Fulham. Are a yo-yo club, so in Norwich. Um, I like Fulham to do quite well. I, I quite like them. Um, I love their owner because he runs a wrestling company, uh, which is something I like. So from a personal standpoint, I'd quite like him to do well. But I'm not See, expecting I, anything. Obviously, you're uh, Sad Kang, you're the father. Yeah. He, he, he runs the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, He's yeah. a bit of a knob. I'll give him that. I mean, the Michael Jackson statue that time. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I just feel bad because he keeps threatening to uh, relocate Jacksonville Jaguars to London. I just feel bad, like these people being suffering in Miami, uh, in Florida all these years, and then he's just got to move him to London. 
Yeah. Play at fucking Craven Cottage. I mean, like, like, I mean, imagine playing at Craven Cottage. God, God help us. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. that uh, that'd be a no, bit yeah, disappointing. Full, I, I'm going with Fulham again. I mean, they just. I don't know what's a, what is a them and Norwich should just have their own league in the uh, like. I don't know what you call it. You know, in between the Premier League and Championship. You need to have like yeah. You need to have a little mini league just so like just. Just so you can let another like couple of teams from the championship yeah. come up. So you, I mean, honestly, you could put Watford, Fulham, and Norwich in that league and just bid have fun. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. They are the three boring yo-yos. Um, I mean, yeah. So I think definitely Fulham. I mean, my theory with it is, is you always get two teams that come straight up, coming going straight back down. So I'd be saying either Bournemouth or Forest. I don't have a clue who's more likely. To have like the surprise, because there's always a team that comes straight up that has like a surprise good season. I actually I rate Scott Parker as a manager. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm going. I'm going Forest. You think Forest goes just go down? Yeah, they're spending. Fulham did this a few years ago where they spent like almost a hundred million, brought in a few big players. Yeah, I was going to say. Fucked, I remember QPR it. doing it with Harry Redknapp as well when they brought in Julio yeah. Caesar. Um, like. It's one of those. It's a massive risk because, in some ways, Forest probably didn't have enough. Like they probably weren't a team that deserved to come up. Like they would have struggled. But when you completely overhaul a team, then you try and blend a completely new team together in the Premier League, the hardest league in the world. Unless it goes very right very quickly, you're struggling. Especially with this year with the World Cup, it's going to be broken up. I'd probably agree with you there. I think for me, it's definitely Bournemouth or Forest, but. I think my head was telling me Forrest. I think, I mean, as you say, Lingard will be a massive one. If Lingard plays like he played at West Ham, then maybe he could get him a few crucial goals, but I don't personally see it. I think when he went to West Ham, he was going to he a team that was already... Yeah, he was well. going to a team that... I mean, a lot of people say Lingard, you know, got him into Europe. I think they were already sixth when he joined. I think he just helped them get over the line, whereas now, for the first time really in his career, he's going somewhere where... He actually is the mega star that he thinks he is. Like they're going to expect a lot from him, and yeah, I'm not sure he can deliver it. I'd like to see it. Anyone who listens to most of our podcasts will know I've got a secret little crush on Jesse Lingard, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. And finally, I, I'm going Leeds just because I hate him. Now, um, also because I hate him, but uh, losing Phillips and Rafinha, buying just fucking I, I don't even know the fucking bought to be honest. Some players from. Austria, um, yeah, I, I do like Tyler Adams uh, from Leipzig. I think he's a pretty decent player. I've seen him play for America. Do like him, um, but other than that, no. Uh, Patrick, we haven't bought a striker. Um, Patrick Bamford, he's had a lot of injuries. See, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Leeds. I've got to be honest. I mean, I haven't actually thought about this before, and I was trying to think who's my third. You could have convinced me. I mean, I hope we disagree on a little bit further up the table because I don't just want to copy and yeah. say the same. But, oh, no. but I mean, you, a lot of the time you see a team that's managed to scrape out of the relegation zone will either fly up the table the next season, sort themselves out or go down. And out of the two teams that were scrambling, Everton and Leeds, I mean, I don't see Everton doing well this year. I really don't rate Lampard as the I manager. See, no, I, I do see another year of them. I think I think they're going to be very bad. I'm not sure they'd be quite as bad again. Like that was terrible. They, they can't be. Yeah, they, like, they can't be that bad. I, I definitely see a bot, like a bottom half of the table finish, but I'm not sure. So, yeah, without without trying to make it a really boring podcast where we just agree, because I feel like I want to say I've got some controversial opinions up the table. I'm trying to think now, but I'll, I'll go with you. I, I'll back you on that. They have lost the big players. They've got an American manager. I'm not trying to sound offensive there, but they've not notoriously done incredible in the Premier League. So, yeah, maybe I could see it. I'd like it. I mean, it'll be a shame to lose the six free points a season, but and the 28 goals we score. <laughs> yeah, we could. We could These do. are the only reason. Wait, did we finish minus goal difference? Did we? Did we finish on zero? Was it zero on minus? I think we finished goal? on. I think we finished on zero. <laughs> Yeah, without them Leeds games, we'd be about minus twigger. Yeah, God. Oh no. Um, oh, stop it. We 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 need to just never talk about last season again. Some, you know, I, I have not thought about Ralph Radnick for about two weeks now. 
I'm recovering. It's when I t- it's when I meet up with mates. Like I met up with my mate in the pub a, a couple of weeks ago. He's a Liverpool fan, and they just sort of ask, like, because obviously they're not as interested in our stuff as we are. They're like, who the hell was that Ralph Ranyit guy? I mean, we spent ages obviously reading about him and all of this, as you do as United fans. To everyone else, he's some random bloke who got pulled out of like, I don't know, like the streets of Eastern Europe where he was like pretending to manage, came into United and was hailed as the king of German football who taught Tuchel and Klopp everything they know, came in, lost every game, left, said he was moving to the board, then went to manage the Austrian national team. Like these are going to be one of those things we look back on in ten years, like as like one of those like football conspiracy theories. Like, what was his actual secret plan? Like, I don't know. What a, what a weird revenge thing. Revenge for revenge for fucking fucking him up in the uh, Champions League semi final about ten years. Ago. There was something there. There has to be more to that story. I still I still don't understand what happened. Like, yeah. But yeah. Let, moving on. Um, no one cares about. Um, the bottom half at all. I mean, if you finish there, if you finish 17th, if you finish 11th, sorry, you might as well finish 17th to me. Do not care. Yeah. Um, so let's go to, uh, is it 8th that get Conference League in uh, 8th or 7th? Um, I think seventh. it's 7th. Yeah. Who are we saying is in the Europa Conference League next year? So I think the top six is going to finish at the top six. So yeah. I think it's a case of who's the who's the best of the rest um i mean i like what villa have done i do like the signings villa have made see, I, I do like that diego carlos i like what villa have done but i worry that i've made i made the mistake last year because i think they did really well last summer oh yeah and sort yeah, of did nothing money. um yeah i mean i feel like I, it's I, quite a big year for leicester i think this is a big year where they don't want to oh, fall yeah. off um, they've not made a single signing. I, I, if they lose James Madison, I worry they'll be 15th. Uh, I mean, a team... I mean, I think West Ham now playing in the conference might slip a little bit, Yeah, personally. I, I, I think they've I had their chance. I've got, I think I've got my choice. I'm going to put in an honourable mention for a team that I think could get a top half of the table finish. Crystal Palace. I love what Vieira did. I think they look like such an exciting team. I'm honestly not too sure what they've done in terms of summer transfers, so I don't know if they've pushed on to get better. But I think they were a really exciting team to watch last year. But I think my choice for seventh, I'll back Newcastle. I think they are moving in the right direction. And I think it'll be a case of either this season or next season when they push into that Europa League, Europa Conference League spot. You know, they their form after Eddie Howe came in and after they made those signings in January was up there with some of the best in the league. They've made another good load of signings this window. I think it could be a good year for them. Maybe they finish. I think they definitely finish top half, but if I'm going to take a punt on someone, they're probably not the worst team to take a punt on. Interestingly enough, you said the team I'm going with. I'm going with Palace. Yeah, I like that. I genuinely do. I know they've lost they lost uh, Gallagher. Yeah. But... I think if, if they can keep Wolves a half it, um, as much as he's he's, he's streaky, he, he goes in patches. If it's good, it's really good. If it's bad, it is shit. Um, but I do like what uh, they've signed a, a good midfielder, a decent striker, Edward's second season. Yeah, I, I'm going Palace. I do like what Pierre is doing. I think he'll be the next City boss as well. And let's face it, who doesn't want to see European Knights at Selhurst? Oh yeah, that's, against some bougie Eastern European clubs as that well, like would, some small teams. That's got to be bucket list stuff. Like you know, one of your best atmospheres in England. Like they deserve it. That was the it was the only yeah. sad thing about us beating them in the FA Cup final. It would have been nice to see Palace off in Europe, but yeah, I think we've made two strong shouts there. I think I think we've definitely picked two teams that are going to have good seasons. I'd be shocked if either of them are, are falling down the table. <laughs> I can't wait for fucking December time, World Cup time, the both of the relegation zone. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's a good thing about this. We can just take the episode down. Yeah. No one has um, to know. Next up, right, fifth and sixth. Oh. Oh, no. Okay. I'm one of those people. I cannot predict against United. I can't not predict for us to have a decent season. Because I just feel like 
I don't like being defeatist. I don't like starting off on the wrong foot. I don't like being like delusional. I'm not going to say we're going to win the league, but a lot of people I'm seeing saying uh, fifth are you or not? sixth. Uh, okay, I'll just scratch that off. No, <laughs> <joking>. no. <laughs> nah, nah, mate, if you if you want to predict that, I'll back it. Um, no, but I see every everyone seems to say either I was fifth or sixth. This is the first thing I'm going to say. I don't care how good they've looked in pre-season, and I don't care how good Gabriel Jesus is. Arsenal finished sixth. I'm oh, not having we've got it. The same sixth. I'm not. Yeah, I'm we've not. Got, we've got the same. Mikel Arteta for me. That Tottenham game last season, where they had the chance to win to get into the top four and they lost, that was Mikel Arteta's equivalent of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer losing the Europa League final. That yeah. for me was his moment. Or the Newcastle game just after. Both of those games, he had a chance. If he won them, they're in the top four. If he wins those games, I think that's a massive moment for him. I think it's a massive moment for Arsenal. I think they have an even better transfer window. I think the vibe around the club is incredible. And I think they push on and do something good. I think they've missed their chance now. And I think it's because it's getting to a point where I think this season we do see Mikel Arteta go. I think he has a bad start to the season. I think he'll go. I think someone else comes in, recovers it slightly, gets him into Europe. I just don't believe in it. I made the mistake last season. They were my team that towards the end, that last couple of months where it was between Oz, West Ham, Arsenal and Tottenham to get fourth... I really backed Arsenal. I thought they were doing something exciting, young players. I think them bottling that last game really reminded me of us under Rolly. They are such a nearly team. They're so close. I just think they've missed it. So I'm going Arsenal sixth. I take it you've agreed on that one. Yes. Uh, I, I don't care who they've signed. I actually... Um, I, I like Jesus, but he's not a striker. He's not an out-and-out number nine. I mean, City literally did not play him there when they had no striker. He played out on the wing. He, he, they've already got that. They just, they're going to be in the same position as they were last season, really, where we just don't have that focal point. That's what they needed. They needed a focal point, not not another winger, sort of like Rashford. You know, mm. we only had Rashford up front. We'd, be a bit, we'd struggle too. Um, and it's not against them. But, yeah, um, I don't think he'll go. I actually think the team who finished fifth will sack their manager. Though. Oh, God. Who have you I'm gone for? Chelsea. I'm worried now think... because I've also gone Chelsea. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm worried for Chelsea. Uh, new owner, it doesn't seem to be going well. He, he, he sort of just like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. I like the Sterling move. Really like the Sterling move, actually. Oh, but, Sterling's a class player, yeah. But other than that, they're, they're so light. They've lost so many players because of the restrictions uh, that they were placed under. Um, Bullets is just taking over the club. Literally, I know he's he's doing everything, you know. And he doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to negotiate. I don't think he doesn't know what players are good. I don't like it. I um, yeah, God. And I'm worried too, Cully. He seems a bit pissed off at the moment. He seems he's giving me Mourinho vibes, season three Mourinho vibes, where he's fucked off. And he's gonna fuck off. Well, I think if the season's out, if we're being honest, if it hadn't been for all of the stuff happening with Abramovich and everything and the ownership, he'd have probably been sacked last season for losing two cup finals. I mean, any other team, I think, would would be absolutely fine finishing where they did and, and getting to two cup finals. But Chelsea are just mental, like their expectations. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I feel like this prediction maybe is me going with my heart. I'm not sure. I, I can oh, yeah. see why his neutrals. Chelsea are such a reliable club to finish in the top four. And United are still, you know, we've got such a similar squad to the one that just finished sixth. I can absolutely see why people are predicting Tottenham, Chelsea, City, Liverpool as a top four in whatever order and us to finish outside. I just can't bet against United. I just have to believe that we're going to finish in the top four. <coughs> and I think that We'll get on to Tottenham in a minute, but I've been so impressed with their business. Chelsea are the ones that are the victims for me, who've had to lose out, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, what fun would it be if I predict to you guys, who will probably finish fifth, to actually finish fifth? Um, so I'm putting us in fourth. Putting us up there. Putting us there. Gotta, gotta be fourth, or I, I wouldn't be able to take it. No, no, it's gotta um, be. It has to be. Please. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be tight between us and Chelsea, but 
I think we'll pip him. Um, see, I'll, I'll go as fourth because I've got to, for my own sanity, rather than actually believe he will finish fourth. Um, but I can see a scenario similar to Mourinho where if we're like sick for something come March, eggs, that Europa League basket, all the eggs are going in there. Oh, I can absolutely see that too. A hundred percent. I think, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people predicting us to win the Europa League. I think it'll take a lot, but we've got to be one of the favourites for it. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we bend off the league for it. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's more exciting than finishing fourth, and it's a trophy. So, yeah, we had a bug of us since I was 18. Bloody long time ago, that. Fucking hard hair back then. The um, last time we won a trophy that. was the night the, the night before my GCSE maths exam. There we That's go. That's a depressing thought. It is. Um, I'm going, uh, my next one, my... my I was tempted to put to put Tottenham fifth because I can see two scenarios: we have a Conte masterclass or a Conte meltdown. I mean, I'm hoping for a Conte meltdown because I'm sick of him already. But I'm gonna put Liverpool third. I think Mane going, it's gonna be a big loss. Salah's gonna try and do a bit too much, and it's just not gonna. I don't think it's gonna work as well. I'm having one that charity shield friendly the other day. But yeah, I'm going Liverpool third. Are you sure? Tottenham second, and then City to win the league for a third year ago. Sorry, I've just got to interrupt. Are, are you sure it was just the Charity Shield? Because I think someone told Darwin Nunes it was the World Cup final. He saved the world. The world was going to win if he did not score. Oh my God! Yep. I mean, he, him and Harland. God. Um. Wow. Okay. Oh, that that miss. That miss. Yeah, that was shocking. Oh. I did not expect that from you. I did not expect that. I love it, though. I love the idea that it's not a Liverpool City top two. I think I'm going to go Liverpool City again as the top two. I think I'm going to go Tottenham third. So impressed with what they've done. What I would say about Tottenham third, though, this is the only season they'll be good because both Tottenham and Conte have a reputation of things going a little bit wrong after a while. They're going to have one good season and they better hope they win something. Because give it 18 months, disaster is coming. But I'll give them this one. I think they'll be good. I think they'll be consistent. I think especially at home, I think they'll have loads of games where like you don't even notice it, but you check the highlights and they've won 5-0 and Son's got a hat-trick. That sort of season. They'll still get battered a few games and do a Spursy thing, but I think they'll have a lot of games where they just cruise it, pick up the points they need to pick up and do well. Um, And yeah, the top two, I just... I don't know. I feel like there's a season coming where eventually City just go, we don't care anymore. We're just going to win the Champions League. I just I just don't know, though. You know, like it just feels like eventually they've got to do it. It just, it just feels like eventually there's going to be a time where something changes, something breaks. It's like this just relentless winning machine. It's just getting boring, but it's so hard to bet against them because they are so good. Like, even when they were 2-0 down on the last game of the season, you knew they were going to win the league. That's just mental. But yeah, I just can't bet against them. I'll go Liverpool second again. I mean, it's just the story of this Liverpool team. It is very lucky for us in some ways that this City team is around at the same time because whilst Klopp has now won, I think, everything domestically plus the Champions League, they're such a nearly team. I mean, maybe this is you know another year where they pick up a couple of cups or something, or they get the Champions League again. But yeah, I just don't see. I just can't see them outdoing City in a league across a whole season. I just yeah. can't see it. So yeah, that's that's my top there we go. top we four pre- then. Yeah, we predicted all the places that matter. If you finish between eleventh and seventeenth, enjoy. No one cares. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, let's get on to uh, Brighton. Um, what do we think a chance is going in? I mean, I think I know what the team will be. I think Martial definitely starts over Ronaldo. I can see Bruno and Eriksen starting. Um, Fred or McTominay playing the lone CZM. And yeah, I'm going I'm going to go 2-1. I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't make much of Brighton the way other people do. I know this was just 4-0 last time. I just think in general, people really do overhype Brighton. 
I just don't get it. I, I like Graham Potter, but I don't get everything about them. And yeah, I'm, I'm expecting. I'm going two one, um, and we're allowed to come off the bench, but not score. Okay. You see, I'm going two nil. As I said before, I'm believing. I'm believing in the in the new defence. That's probably going to be quite similar to what we had last season. Um, I'm sure we won't get the defence everyone wants with Varane and Martinez starting as the back two. Uh, but I, I'm going to tr- I'm going to trust it. I'm going to trust the start of a new era. I agree with you on Brighton. I think they're actually a good team to have because they're not a massive team, but they're also not one of those horrible newly promoted teams that's going to be desperate.